Jason Mefford is an edutainer, conciliary, executive career coach, media producer, and international man of mystery. When he's not helping other people, you'll find him playing the guitar, hiking, reading, listening to music, watching movies, traveling, and learning other cool stuff or writing. I love connecting with this guy, and you're going to love connecting with him too. So stick around for today's episode where we have a conversation with Jason Mefford. The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Welcome to Rat Race Reboot. I'm your host, Laura Noel. And as a certified coach and former 27-year military leader, each week I provide bite-sized mindset pivots that will help you reset your mind, reawaken your spirit, and regain your control. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode. I'm so glad. Oh, <clears throat> I have a frog in my throat just getting over a cold. But hey, I'm glad you're here to join us. I'm super excited because uh, Jason and I had met a couple of weeks ago, and we could have talked for hours on the topic of getting out of the rat race, really, about connecting with self and the the energy of that metaphysics the we could have gone on for days really um, i'm super excited that he's here on the show so first and foremost jason welcome to the show thank you thank you thank you i'm glad you got a frog in your throat i might have one too so <laughs> <laughs> good that i don't feel alone <laughs> no 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 well it's live live studio audience too right so you never know what's going to come out of our mouth or what's going to happen don't. so there you go <laughs> it's always a surprise <laughs> yeah well, I'm really grateful for um, our conversation previously and, and what we were connecting about right before we in the green room, before we came here on the on the stage. You know, it's the idea of of how we're conditioned really to be in the rat race, to feel guilty when we're not in it. Um, we're in the rat race, not because we generally want to be, but it's at the expense of living the life that we truly desire to live. And really it's at the expense of stepping into the potential that's locked up inside of us. So I, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about that. And, but first, before we dive into that, I'd love to hear a little bit about you, your story. How did you come to, to this place in your life where you're helping people in the way that you're helping as an international man of mystery yeah, and, mystery. and all of these things. Um, I'd love to hear a little bit about your journey. Yeah. So I, uh, you know, I, I grew up as an odd child. I was one of those weird, uh, weird little kids. Uh, in fact, funny, funny story. Um, I was, I was about, uh, oh, I must've been maybe six years old. When my parents sent me to a psychiatrist. Now, you normally don't send a six-year-old kid to a psychiatrist, right? But there were they were having some issues with me, whatever those happened to be, right? So, so I went to the psychiatrist, and I remember my parents telling me later um, what he said. He's like, "Well, there's nothing wrong with your son. You just need to start treating him like he's ten or 11. And they're like, "What do you mean he's six? And he's like. I know, but he's like an old soul. Just start treating him like he's older and things will be all right. Right. But, but I was always this weird little kid. People would come over. I was really shy. Um, you know, people don't, when I tell people that I'm a severe introvert, they're like, what? Right. Because of all the <laughs> yeah. stuff I do on stage. But, you know, I was that little kid who would go and hide there was a space between our wall and our refrigerator, one of the refrigerators where I would go and hide anytime people came over. So I've always been a little weird. I always look at the world a little bit different. Right. And so, you know, I, I, but, but I was a good boy. I was, you know, I'm an Eagle Scout, Boy Scout, you know, so I learned how to kind of toe the line, how to follow the rules, how to do all that stuff. Right. And so, when I went to college, my my favorite uh, uh, my favorite course in college, my freshman year was psychology, and so of course, what did I get my degree in? Accounting, and I became a CPA. Right? Why? That's right natural. because because that's what I was taught. Yeah. 
right? To get on the rat race. Look, with an accounting degree, with a CPA license, you'll always have a job. You'll always be taken care of, right? So, so I went into my career that way, you know, moved up in, you know, I was in public accounting. I went into, into corporate and in risk management, audit, information security, ethics, compliance, all those really fun, sexy things, right? <laughs> but I never really fit the mold of most of the people who were in those professions, right? And I knew that, but I was trying really hard to be that corporate plastic, right? Right. That Barbie doll that that just kind of goes along, does what they're supposed to do. I'm a good boy. I was always taught to be a good boy. I was a good child. Right. And so I started doing that as an adult as well. Right. And so I knew that long term that probably wasn't where I wanted to go. Really, what I wanted to do was be a CEO be a writer, be a speaker, you know, do things like that instead. And so, so I started down that path until we got a CEO that I didn't really agree with. And I was kind of one of the people that would have maybe been this person's successor, but it just wasn't going to work. Right. And so I started having some of these soul searching um, discussions and, and really it's been, you know, I left the corporate world about 10 or 12 years ago and I've continued to have these this internal dialogue with myself about who I really am and trying to be more authentic of who I am. And what I realized is what I was experiencing is what a lot of people are experiencing, right? Is that we, we get told stuff, we get told what we're supposed to do and we just believe it, right? We, we believe it because our parents tell us that, our family tells us that, society tells us that. And the problem is most of the things that we're told are lies. Yeah. Most of the things we are told are lies. Now, there's a reason for it and and not to disparage anybody. I mean, I know you've got a military background. We can mm -hmm. use military. We can use the corporate world as examples, right? But right organizations like to create structure and have us believe certain things because that's how they get us to do things, mm -hmm. right? So how else do you convince 18 and 19-year-old men and women to pick up a gun and go shoot somebody else? Well, you've got to indoctrinate them. You've got to give them certain belief systems uh, and, and make them feel like what they're doing is the right thing, right? Corporate world. Mm -hmm. You've got to have people believe certain things to get them to kind of become a slave <laughs> to the machine or else they won't toe the line, right? That you can't control them if you can't indoctrinate them and make them believe certain things. And so as I've gotten older, I've just realized how much we are taught that is just not true. And by believing that and going along with, with what everybody's telling us to do, it disconnects ourselves from ourself. Mm. And so one of the reasons why we're seeing, you know, such huge spikes in things like mental illness. Uh, is because we're not being authentically us. We're not tapped into who we are. We're playing a role. We're being someone else that the world wants us to be. And that yeah. puts people in a very, very bad place. And so I'm, I'm trying to help people have hope, you know, start questioning things and and really just do what's right for them, right? I mean, what's right for me might not be right for somebody else. And I'm not going to tell people what to do, but I want them to ask themselves those hard questions, have that introspection and do what's right for them. Yeah, <clears throat> that's, that's so beautiful. And, you know, first they have to take the time to get out of that rat race long enough to even assess mm -hmm. and understand who they even are or who they want to be to begin with. And that's, 
I find that a challenge for people when they're starting out on this path. I know it was at least for me. And you, you know, you brought up this, the idea of authenticity in the workplace. I mean, you can be authentic to yourself once you discover who you are and you might find that you're working in a place that aligns with who you are, which is great. Or you might find that you're in a profession that aligns with who you are, but the organizational culture doesn't lend itself to you truly being yourself in the organization. So I think, you know, it's a responsibility of us as individuals to know who we are and what it looks, acts, feels like to be authentic. But it's also if organizations want people to choose them to be a part of their organization, they also have to adopt ways of not just saying everyone can be themselves, but, you know, figuring out ways to make it comfortable for people to be authentic, authentically them too. Well, and and there's a lot of organizations that aren't willing to do that, right? Because it, it scares them. It scares them. And I understand that. I get it. But, you know, again, I think that that, uh, uh, you know, things are changing in the corporate world and 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 more of the organizations that truly get it, because what's interesting is when we allow people to be themselves and we allow them to kind of capitalize on their strengths. Mm -hmm. Right. We don't want everybody to be the same. I mean, there's tons of research out there about teams. Right. And a team is no good if everybody on the team has the same personality, thinks the same way, comes to conclusions the same way. Right. It's like you just can't have that. Right. And so we need people who are different and even sometimes people who maybe we've labeled special needs. Right. So. So there's certain people maybe who who have autism or on considered on the spectrum. And a lot of people would discount them and say, well, they just don't belong here, right? We can't have those kinds of people. And when I say those kinds of people, it can be anything, mm-hmm. right? I mean, race, religion, age, sex, you name it, right? Because yeah. a lot of people will use generalities to just blanket refer to people. But what I will tell you is people whose minds think differently we need them. We need them to show us different possibilities or else we can never truly fulfill our potential. Right. And in a lot of organizations, they want people to think the same. They want people to be the same, but, Mm -hmm. you know, as you start asking some of those questions, and I think it's, it's interesting because you said when you're in the rat race, you don't see anything else except the rat race. And so sometimes that might mean, you know, take a week or two of vacation. You know, uh, if you're not sure about a relationship that you're in, right, maybe get away from that person for a week or two and see what happens. I mean, I've done that at different points in my life. And I realized after being gone for a week, I didn't miss the person. Well, if I didn't miss them over a week, isn't that telling me something Yeah. about that relationship? Right. Yeah. But um, unless we take that time away, we can't start having some of that introspection. And you start asking yourself questions like, well, do I really like to do that? Well, we've always done that. Yeah, I know. But do I really like to do that? You know, like I'm a person who likes certain routines. Not that I'm OCD, you know, have to close the door three times or anything (laughs) like that. Right. I do have my idiosyncrasies, okay, um, but but I like routines because they help me in establishing habits mm-hmm. and practices that help me change and transform myself. But I'm also a person who doesn't like structure, who doesn't like to be put in a box. You know, even at the beginning, they're like, Jason, what should your title be? I'm like, I don't care whatever you call me because I don't like to put myself in a box. Right. Right. Because I'm a lot of different things. Right. And so I, I don't like that structure. I like to be more spontaneous. 
you know, when somebody says, hey, let's go ride a mechanical bull. I'm like, all right, I'm all over that. Right. Let's go jump out of a plane. Okay, let's do it. Right. Which is not what you would typically see from somebody who's been trained as an accountant and has CPA and a whole bunch of other, you know, <laughs> risk management and other things. It'd be like, well, uh, just a minute, how many people die every time that they jump <laughs> exactly. out of a plane? And who, who, who packed the bag? Who packed the parachute? And, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff. I'm a guy who will will just go and can be spontaneous at the same point. So I have to understand that and realize that as I'm making different decisions. Uh, yeah. It, it reminds me of... Um... I think it's a quote by Napoleon Hill. It requires no more effort to aim high in life, to demand abundance and prosperity than it does to accept misery or poverty. And what that says to me is it really requires no more effort to be in this hamster wheel, doing the things that you're doing versus thinking for yourself and doing the things that you're going to be doing and want, you know, there's maybe both paths align. And if so, that's great, but you're living your life anyway, and you're either leading yourself or something else is leading you, your habitual way of thinking, your paradigms, the belief systems that have been installed in you since a very young age, those are running the show. So it's whether you take charge or not, um, you know, it, you're going to lead that life of abundance and prosperity if you, you're taking charge of your thinking. Nobody can control your thinking but you. And if you take control of that thought process, that's going to lead to alignment and more fulfillment and joy versus allowing the shoulda, coulda, wouldas, <laughs> the other people or the systems to drive your your habitual way of being, you know? Well, and, and and you're right. I mean, it takes the same amount of effort, yep. right? And we do all have, I mean, goodness, we live on this earth. We have free will. We can choose whatever you want. And if you make a decision that you come to later and you're like, you know what? I don't, I don't like broccoli anymore. I've never liked broccoli, by the way, but <laughs> you know, I don't like broccoli anymore. Or, hey, I just love broccoli. I can't get enough. We have the right to be able to make a different choice. And I think that's one thing that a lot of people uh, get lied to about is, well, no, once you've made a choice, you have to live with that choice the rest of your life. No, you don't, right? right. But, but back to kind of what you were saying, it, it takes about the same level of effort, but I will tell you which one is easier in the long run is to choose for yourself. Because the problem is when you don't, then you end up in fear and anxiety and worry and these low frequency emotions where you're spending and depleting a lot more of your energy. And so you feel heavy, you feel drained, you feel burned out, right? Where if you'll take that same level of effort to make the choice you want, you'll feel joy you'll feel happy. You'll have this sense of well-being and peace, right, at the end of it. And so at the end of the day, which one of those is better, right? A lot of people yeah. think, well, if I just keep doing the same thing, I'm comfortable now. But that comfort often leads to those draining emotions versus doing what you really want is actually going to make you happy. And at the end of the day, what do people want anyway? I mean, you ask almost anybody, it's like, what do you really want out of life? I just want to be happy. Well, sometimes to be happy, you have to get out of the rat race. You have to stop being comfortable, being stuck where you are, and actually make some different choices. And that can feel uncomfortable at first, but in the long run, you're going to be much better off for it. Absolutely. And it is frightening. I mean, even in our brain, how we're wired, I like how we're saying you're you're in your comfort zone. It might not feel comfortable because you're not happy or you're not living life the way you want to or not, you know, you're not serving at your highest potential or you're in that relationship where you know it just feels stale. Whatever the case is, whether it's a work relationship or a relationship relationship, it's still a comfort zone 
Um, you might not feel comfortable in there, but you're already uncomfortable. But your brain is designed to keep you in the known. It's designed to keep you safe. And so we have um, something that when I coach people, I tell people about the terror barrier. It's like that usually when we walk through that terror barrier, we find that our fears were tissue paper thin to begin with. But on the other side of that little barrier, that by you saying yes to something different and you taking one step, you become somebody else already just in that one step. So that fear, that anxiety, that that anger, those emotions that we might be feeling in a situation where we're not happy, we can use those emotions to our benefit. They're actually a good thing. And us taking facing it and taking one step, that that's creating new neural pathways. That's you're basically transforming yourself in that moment. Well, it is. And I think I think a lot of times too, I mean, this is something that everybody who's listening can do. It's a little exercise that you can do, right? Because I love that idea of the terror, you know, the terror barrier as well. That most of the time, just stick your hand out. You're gonna go right through the tissue paper. Yeah. Right. But but a lot of times we we get stuck in that in that fear, right? And 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 we we either, you know, most of the time most of us just kind of freeze at that point. And so it's often helpful to to get some sort of hope. And how do you do that is you can look for evidence in other places, right? So again, you could sit there and say, "You know what? Maybe I feel like it's time to get a divorce, but oh my gosh, I'm really afraid to do that, right? Because of how my life is going to blow up. Well, is there any evidence out there of people who have gotten a divorce and are better off after the divorce? If you look around, you're going to find evidence of that. And you can say, okay, because I know somebody else has done it. Somebody else has gotten through that. I can get through that too, right? If you if you feel like you want to leave your job or you're afraid of maybe getting fired, well, is there any evidence out there of people that you know, even if they're not people you know, right, that have done some of these things, have gone through these things? You, you know, are people better off after they get fired? I was better off after I got fired. Right. It's it's one of those things that it's like everybody should probably go through that because uh, it, it's an experience. But I'm better off because of that. Right. Um, you know, are there people that have left their jobs? Right. And again, maybe they've they've had one career for like 20 years and then they just switch to something completely new that everybody's looking at them and like, Laura, are you crazy? Why would you do that, right? This has nothing to do with all of the time that you've spent your life, you know, studying for and what you know, right? Mm -hmm. But is something that lights you up and makes you happy, right? Are there people out there who have made complete career shifts and are so much more happy now than they were before? Of course there is. And even if you don't know anybody else, I've done all three of those things, and I can tell you it's better on the other side. There's some bumps, right, maybe in the middle, but if you're actively and proactively choosing what you want, you're going to be better off on the other side. Mm, absolutely, and I love how you're you're bringing in, first, you have to create that space for yourself to think. And you're using your mental faculties, you're using your reasoning faculties to show yourself evidence mm -hmm. of when these things have happened, it, either with people you know, or with yourself in the past, and when it's panned out. And so you're you're fueling that with more evidence. You're, and so when you start collecting more evidence in your favor, in favor of a decision that you want to make, but you're afraid you'll actually start to see solutions that are also in alignment with with what you're visualizing and what you're kind of creating in your mind that's how again that's how the magic of your your brain and you're learning how to sort of play the mind game and win i love that well and then if you throw another another layer on top of it which is tapping back into your intuition yeah right because a lot of times 
you can convince yourself and talk yourself into or out of anything that you want. Right. And people that are that are good at this, that understand psychology and influence and manipulation, they can convince you of anything. Right. I mean, I could sit here and we could we could go on about the color of your shirt. <laughs> and, and in a few minutes, you know what color your shirt is. Right. right. But in a few minutes, I could probably start convincing you, maybe not completely convince you, but I could start making you doubt that you actually knew what the color of your shirt was, right? But but when we tap into the intuition, right? Because this is the other thing. And a lot of people, because, because you're so entrenched and believing all of these other things and just doing what other people are telling you, we, we usually disassociate with our inner self or intuition. But we all know deep down what we really want, right? And so again, when you... Everybody really knows what they want. They're just afraid to admit it, right? Yeah. Because if I admit that I no longer love that person, if I admit that I'm not happy in my job, if I admit that I want out of this relationship, then it means things are going to change. But when we're, when we're true, truly authentic and, and tap into our intuition, we know really what we want. And again, you know, when you try to go through exercises with people, they're like, no, but I really don't know what I want. Right. Yeah. Okay. Then you, you can start talking about, well, what don't you want? Yeah. That's a great start. People, people are really, it's easy to say, well, I, 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 I don't want this anymore. Okay. Well, what's the opposite of that? Hmm. That's probably what you want. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. And and when you start feeling that, when you actually, because I know for me, sometimes I have to say things out loud. So I talk to myself. Again, I told you I was a weird kid at the beginning. No, I do it too. So I'm weird <laughs> okay, too. Okay. So. <laughs> but sometimes I have to say things out loud because when I say them out loud, right, then I get this feeling in my body and I know it's the right thing. It's my intuition, my higher self actually telling me what I already know, but what I don't want to admit, right? And the more times that you can have that happen, then it's like, just surrender at that point, right? I mean, you're not going to know the next 10 steps ahead of you. But when you admit that, when you, when you tap into that, you're going to know the next thing or two to do. Yeah. You're not going to know the whole steps, but just do the next step or two. Once you do those, the next step or two is going to show up. The next step or two is going to show up, right? And that's that's how you manifest the life that you really want. Because like you said before, there's so many more possibilities than what we could ever imagine in our teeny tiny brain. Yeah. And so when we try to control things, when we try to limit ourselves, when we try to say, you know, I have podcasts too, right? I mean, I've got three podcasts yeah. and I've, I've written some books and there's maybe another book in me or not. I don't know. I usually, videos are easier for me, right? And I like that. But, but, you know, there's that little part that would creep in and say, well, but you can't make any money on podcasts, right? Because that's what most people would tell you. Yeah. I mean, I just watched a show uh, a recent Jonah Hill movie. I can't remember the name of it, but he, his dream was to be a podcaster. Right. And everybody's like, Oh, you can't make any money doing that <laughs> kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Joe, Ro Joe Rogan makes pretty good money doing podcasts. Right. And I think that's, you know, he does some other things too, but you see, that's one of those things where there's evidence of things like that, that are out there. So yeah whatever crazy dream you have, somebody's probably done it. Yeah. It's probably possible. And when you just start taking those little steps, other possibilities will open up to you and you'll end up having a life that you never could have imagined. Because again, with our little teeny tiny logical brain, we have no idea what the universe can provide to us. Ah, I, yep. I always say your job is to know the what it's none of your business, the how, 
And if you know how, then you're playing small. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're conditioned to believe is you set smart goals where, okay, and I used to do this too. Okay, I see how I can get there. I commit to this goal. But I was in the rat race, successful, air quotes, um, at top of my career, but miserable inside. I was a goal-achieving organism, one after the other, at miserable on the inside. And so when I learned to set goals, just like you're saying, that you know, you get clear on what it is you want without judging it, without getting all into your analytical brain into the every single step. But you'll be guided if you're listening to your intuition to that first little step. And when you're there, you'll you'll get information or downloads or opportunities. You're, you'll see evidence for the next step. Um, but it's it's a beautiful unfolding, and the fun is in finding out how it's going to unfold. Well, and I think that's the the important thing. And I mean, I'm I'm still working on this too, right? But is yeah is finding the fun and finding the joy in it, right? Because, because again, what, what we're, and I know people that are listening are going to think, Jason, you're just full of shit on this one, okay? But what we are living right now is not real. What you think is real is not real. So you might as well dream, right? Because your dreams are more real than the reality that you are currently living. And when we give ourselves the space to dream on the what, Mm -hmm. everything else will come into play. But we're playing small because, like you said, those smart goals – those strategic plans, all of those things that we're taught to do in business, right, that put us at the top of our career game, that's how to play small, right? And so we're told things like, oh, you know, you've got to be logical. You have to make rational decisions. Well, your intuition is much better than logic ever will be, right? So I, I, I tell, you know, sometimes I, I speak to risk management groups. And so I'll tell them, you know, and this is one of the reasons why I'm talking more about this, because, you know, groups like that especially get taught certain things and they they incorporate it all into their personal life as well. But let's say that we're cavemen and we're we're in some cave and we're getting hungry, right? We're getting hungry. And so we're like, okay, well, one of us needs to go out and find some food so that we don't starve. And so we're all like, yeah, but it's starting to get dark and there's saber-toothed tigers and lions and bears, oh my, that are out there, right? So it's like, okay, well, let's get some data together. And we we run the data and we make a rational decision and say, look, there's only a 23.2% chance that there's some predator out there right now. And so we draw straws and and Bob is is the person who gets picked. And so Bob's like, I don't know. I really don't know about this. I don't have a good feeling in my gut. But we push Bob up to the door and like, come on, Bob, we're all going to die if you don't go get us something. He opens the door of the cave. He gets this sick feeling in his stomach. And he's like, I don't think this is the right thing, guys. Don't worry, Bob. We ran the data. This (laughs) is the logical. This is logical. You're going to be fine right? Just go out there. Well, guess what? Bob ain't coming back, right? And it's like, why do we think as humans that we are so much more advanced than cavemen? Because we have data that we can crunch, Mm. right? We have computers that'll do all of this stuff for us, right? Well, that's been the last 50 years. So let me ask you, Have humans survived for millions of years before computers? Yes. Did we make decisions? Yes. Did we have fancy spreadsheets and computer models to tell us the probabilities of what we're supposed to do? No. And we got by just fine. In fact, we'll get by much better on our intuition. That thing that has kept us alive for millions of years as a species We'll get by much better 
by following our intuition than we will our logic any day of the week. Uh, it, that's so interesting because um, I don't know that I told you this because this is just coming up. This is coming up in real time. <laughs> but my research for my doc project is huh? um, on the topic of intuition and hmm. analytical decision making. And so I just did my prospectus. And so I'll get deeper into it into the fall and the spring. And so there's a lot of research around, um, you know, I, I firmly believe that our analytical mind is a gift and, but we don't want it to run us. We want to use it as a tool. Um, so, you know, I think it's important, however, in volatile, ever-changing environments, new environments, like a global pandemic, we've never experienced something like this. So that's a VUCA environment. But, but have we? Um, well, it's a volatile, uncertain type of environment that we're experiencing. So anytime we've had that Spanish we, flu, polio, we have, yeah, we've had things. We yeah, just we've don't have data about a lot of those things like the Black Plague. True, true. But the Black Plague was a VUCA. Yeah, yeah. So anytime that we're experiencing some kind of environment like that, you're better suited to leverage your intuition because you don't have the the continuity. And that's, you know, exactly. You don't have the data. You don't have the continuity. You don't have the structure that maybe you were comfortable with before. Well, and and especially on that, the data is only good, right? Data is historical. Yeah. So as as long as the data that we're using in our analysis we believe is predictive of what's going to happen in the future, use the data. Yeah. But if it's truly a VUCA and it's something that we've never experienced before, the data is no good. Yeah. At that point, you just have to use your intuition anyway. And again, a lot of people, I mean, I know people in risk management that'll say things like never trust your gut. Ugh. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding yeah. me? No, tap into you, it more. Yeah, you're going to go into your next relationship and do like a statistical model on <laughs> probability of divorce and compatibility with this Some person. Do, I'm sure. Or are you going to go with your gut and what yeah. you feel of whether you love this person and you want to be with them, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what's what's funny is like I said that's that's one of the things that kind of gets disconnected a lot of times is we choose to bring things that were taught like that in our business mm-hmm. world into our personal life as well. And it doesn't suit us very well. In fact, I would say more intuition in business is better, right? Yeah. The people, the people who get paid a lot of money are not the people who are crunching the numbers. They're the people who are standing back, looking at some of the data and going with their gut. And their intuition, right? Yes. Because that's the only way the future is uncertain. And so, you know, but again, the more you tap into <clears throat> from a metaphysical or spiritual perspective, you know, the universe knows what's coming. We just don't as humans. So yeah. the more you can tap into some of that stuff, and I know that might sound a little woo-woo to some of the people that are listening, but that's how we've gotten through a lot of these things in the past in our species. Yeah. Oh, 100%. And, you know, there's arguments out there and research out there with regard to even how we're teaching business students. I mean, we teach them the analytical side, but really to better equip them, we need to help them develop their their intuitive side. And how can we do that more effectively? Um, Well, because it's interesting, even just from an educational perspective. Right. Yeah. So so our education system, especially post World War Two, and mainly, I don't know, maybe 70s or 80s, mm-hmm. has become very vocational. Right. You used to go to school and get a liberal arts degree and then go do whatever you were going to do. Right. So I, I've got an old book from J. Paul Getty. And and um, that's one of the things that he actually talked about was how a liberal arts education helps you so much more in business. Why? Because it teaches you how to think. It teaches you about art and culture and society and philosophy and some of these other things that most people 
have no idea about now, right? Yeah. But it's those things that help you see the world in a different way. It's those things that help you to make critical decisions. It's those things that help you tap into your emotions, your higher self, right? And without those skills, it's pretty hard for people to get out of the rat race because you don't have the skills necessary to think on your own and to start to question some of the things that you've been taught that are lies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. it's, 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 it's interesting to me to see, especially as, you know, as trainer, educator, speaker as well, where we're going to see higher education and some of these other things moving in the future. Uh, because the model that we currently have is not really serving people that well. It just puts people in a bunch of debt. So then they have to go get a corporate job so they can pay off their debt while they're running up their credit cards. So they can't leave their job because they're in so much debt. Yeah. They never have any money at the end of the, at the end of the month. And they have no idea why. Yeah. So they continue in the rat race. Ah. Uh. Oh my gosh, this this has been really a wonderful conversation and eye-opening. I hope you all are taking some great notes. And I wanted to kind of tie everything up that we've been talking about and give people something something that they could start with to help them really embrace a lot of what we're talking about here. And you know, we kind of talked about the idea of being fed lies and these beliefs that we have in our subconscious mind that are driving our behavior, keeping us stuck in the rat race. So in order to get out, I'd say step one from what we've been talking about would be you have to, you have to claim some space for yourself so that you can think. So you even know what you want and ask these questions of yourself. Do I even like this anymore? Who would I be without this? Who do I want to be? Do I want to be in this relationship? And I I like that you said, take a week away from something, you know, whatever it is, so that you can think and contemplate and, re- you know, have some time to reflect. Um, well, and I, and I think a great question for people to ask as they're going yeah. through that phase, because so much, so much of our safety, and especially women, every time women talk about safety, it's usually about money. Okay. And, and for men too. Yeah. But but a good question to ask yourself is if all of a sudden you had 10 million dollars what would you do tomorrow? If you had 10 million dollars, so money wasn't really an option. I mean, yeah, 10 million isn't going to get you everything, but make make some number that's big enough so you don't have to worry about living uh and providing for yourself for the next little while. What would you do? If you only had 6 months to live, what do you want to make sure that you do before you die? Those are great questions to yeah. in that phase. Again, remove yourself, ask yourself some of those questions and start seeing what pops into your mind. I love those questions. Yeah. Um, and then the other part of this too is tapping into your intuition. We have beautiful gifts. Our brain is a wonderful thing. Our analytical mind also wonderful, but we don't want it to lead us. We want to lead it. And so how, how can we learn to, what, what are some things that we could do to learn to start trusting our intuition and tapping into it? Well, and that's, this is where, you know, one of the things is perspective. So I will I'll give you an an analogy that one of my mentors has shared with me. And because I think part of it is perspective. And so what he says is, you know, your body is like the tip of your pinky. When you consider the wholeness of yourself, your body is the tip of your pinky. Are you going to let the pinky control the being in you or is the being in you going to control the pinky and so that's what we you know part of it is kind of getting some perspective that way i think is is an important thing to do it another thing is you know there's a whole bunch of mindful practices that are out there people are calling mindful practices mm-hmm. um 
and and there's lots of different ways that 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 you can get there but but an easy one you know again is to just breathe just breathe right because a lot of times we get we get the craziness going in our head the monkey chatter you know everything is going on in our mind and we're worried about everything and just sitting silently and breathing and purposely not thinking about any try, don't don't think about anything just think about your breath and things will start to pop into your mind right now if if what's popping into your mind is oh my gosh you got to do the laundry today and blah blah blah, blah well push those things out right but when you're when you're silent when you're breathing when you're just with yourself when you're feeling the wind right on your skin when your feet are cold because you're barefoot and the concrete is cold that you're standing on and you're feeling that and you're getting in touch with your body more every so often there'll be a little thought that will come into your head that is random and when those random thoughts come into your head like i said this is not oh my gosh i got to go to the i got to go to the post office and mail this and i got to do what it's not yeah. those things but there'll be some random things. So for me, sometimes it's lyrics from songs or a song that will just pop into my head. It's like, well, that's kind of random. Well, when those things happen, start asking your question about, well, what does that mean for me? Right. Mm -hmm. And when you start doing that, you're starting to get in, in tune with yourself, with your higher self. And those little things that are coming in, start paying attention to those. Just be more aware of what's going on around you, of some of these things that might seem like coincidences, because they're not coincidences. They're synchronicities in the universe, right? Jung talked about this, right? Mm -hmm. A long time ago. Yeah. Start looking for and being aware of some of the synchronicities because it will start to give you a pattern it will start to give you a guideline on where you should go and what you should do but unless you're aware and paying attention right because i i was always taught you know i'm not a religious person but i was raised religious Right. And one of the things that we were always taught is the Holy Ghost speaks in a still small voice. That was what I was told. The universe speaks to us in a still small voice. So if you are not still and silent, we won't hear it. And even if that's only for a minute or two a day, yeah. just take some time to be still. And you'll start to place awareness on it, and those things will come through, and you'll start to have the courage to do what you know you should do already. Yeah, I love that. Pay attention. Pay attention. Find the stillness. Claim it it's, for yourself. It, it's it's not a you know. I'll give you a real example. I was sitting out on my patio before before we came. It just rained here a little bit, mm -hmm. but there was an earthworm on my patio one one hmm that's interesting i wonder why there was an earthworm and it kept inching towards me it was coming straight towards me mm. and it kept lifting up its head and going back down and coming <laughs> over closer and up and closer there's a message from the universe to me in that earthworm there was only one and I normally don't see it, don't see them. I mean, it's been raining here in California for the last month. Yeah. It's the first earthworm that I have seen on my back patio that's covered, crawling all the way across this 20-foot patio. Oh, tapping you on the Hello. Tapping me. It's, it's effectively <laughs> tapping me, right? Yeah. <laughs> so that's one of those things that it's not, it's not me needing to go do the laundry. It's that is unusual when you start to place awareness and start to see things that are unusual or you see things in patterns pay attention there's some reason that earthworm was there and i'm still i mean like i said this just happened an hour ago i gotta sit with that 
and figure out, and I've already got some ideas, right? But there was a message in that for me. Now I got to go do the work and figure out what does it mean? Does that have anything to do with maybe some of the other things that I've seen going on? And can I piece together, right, what I'm kind of being told to do? But that's the work I've got to do, right? right? You can't tell me what it necessarily means. I have to figure it out for myself. And that's what everybody who's listening has to do this for themselves. You're you're never alone, but some things you have to do by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, my mentor would always say, I, I can't do this for you. You have to do it yourself. Um, but it's like, what's that phrase? It's like, you have to do it on your own, but you don't, you can't do it alone. Mm-hmm. So yeah, getting that support too um, is so important so that you're not on this alone. So you get that, that sanity check or that mirror or, you know, somebody that you can talk, talk a lot of this through with, which is so, so important. Yeah. Um, no, I, I love our conversation. And I, so how do people get in touch with you if they want to, you know, maybe get some support along their journey and, and whatnot? Yeah. So the easiest way to find me is my website is jasonmefford.com. It's just my first name, last name. You can find me there. If you forget that, you just type my name into Google and I'm going to be nine of the top 10 things. You'll be able to find me some way. Yeah. Um, I'm on social media. I'm not on there as much, but people can find me. If you if you want to find me, you can find me. <laughs> Definitely, I found you. Yeah, I know you found right? me easy. Right. Yeah. And um, and we'll have your website in the show notes too, so we'll make it easy for people. But um, I want to thank you so much for this conversation. I hope this was inspiring for all of you listening. I know it was for me. It was energizing and um. Yeah. Is there anything else that you want to leave our audience with before we close today? Well, no. Well, thank thank you for having me on, too, because I hope people can see that I love sharing information. That's what I do. I share information. I'm a weird guy, but I see the world a little bit different than other people do. Um, and so, yeah, if you want more, reach reach out to me. Let, let me know. I mean, I'm I'm here. Here to help. And I, and I hope you know, again, that the people who were listening today have some hope if they want to get out of the rat race to realize you can do it. We gave them some practical ways of of just being able to start. And there's so much more you can do too. But if you're not even willing to do the first couple of steps, then, you know, hey, you got to do, you got to do what you got to do, but go do those couple of steps and you'll start to see the change and then you can start to do some other things right but if if you're committed to it just have the courage to do what you already know you need to do absolutely all right well thank you thank you again um and remember for those of you listening today leave us a review go to ratracereboot.com listen to whatever channel you're listening to your podcast on leave us a review, leave us some comments. I'd love to read them. Leave us a five-star review. If you've gotten value out of this, I would love to hear from you as well. Um, But remember, until next time, everything is created twice. First in your imagination and then in physical form. We'll see you again next week. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.